Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by the famous Emily Dickinson. You've heard from her several times here on the podcast, but she's always so rewarding to go back to. And she has a great poem for the the end of summer, beginning of autumn. And uh, for some of us, it may be wishful thinking, <laughs> turning to a poem like that. Um, for others, uh, autumn is absolutely here. Um, it's 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 uh, getting cool. Leaves are starting to turn. Um, for the rest of us, it's uh, it's maybe off in the distance a little bit, but it's something to look forward to. So it seems like the right time to read a poem like this. Dickinson lived from 1830 to 1886. She was, of course, an American poet. And... Um, is absolutely one of our most famous uh, poets. One of the most famous poets to ever write in the English language, certainly. This poem is called, Summer Begins to Have the Look. This is how it goes. Summer begins to have the look, peruser of enchanting book reluctantly, but sure perceives a gain upon the backward leaves. Autumn begins to be inferred by millinery of the cloud or deeper color in the shawl that wraps the everlasting hill. The eye begins its avarice. A meditation chastens speech some dire of a distant tree resumes his gaudy industry. Conclusion is the course of all. At most, to be perennial, and then elude stability, recalls to immortality. So this is one of those poems that is quintessential Emily Dickinson in terms of the formal elements of it. It's a ballad stanza, which means that there's there's, uh, quatrains, so four lines for each stanza. In this case, there are four, four four-line stanzas. And uh, the first and third lines are tetrameter, and the second and fourth lines are trimeter. So on the one hand, this is quintessential Emily Dickinson. You've got your tetrameter. You know, summer begins to have the look. You've got your four measures there. Your second and fourth lines have the, have the trimeter. You have a little bit of rhyme to start. But, but unlike a lot of her other poems where you have an ABCB rhyme scheme, here she's absolutely playing with the rhymes. She's kind of, she's kind of putting them out there and then pulling them back. So at first you have look rhyming with book and perceives rhyming with leaves. You got A-A-B-B in the first stanza, right? But then you get nothing of the kind in the second stanza. And then in the third stanza, you get avarice and then speech. And then for the third and fourth lines of that quatrain, you get tree and industry. But then in the final stanza, you get all and perennial, which is almost a rhyme, but you know, when you look at it, it's a rhyme, but it's not really a rhyme. It's kind of playing with you. And then you get stability rhyming with immortality at the end. So at the beginning, she puts these rhymes out for you, you know, to create expectation in a sense. And then she pulls them back. So just as you feel like you're getting comfortable getting a sense of what's going on, all of a sudden she kind of turns it over on you. Um, you still have autumn begins to be inferred. So you still have your tetrameter. Um, you have or deeper color in the shawl. You know, I mean, she's even there, she's kind of playing with it a little bit. She's not making it quite as obvious or, you know, quite as easy. Um, in the final, in your final line, you get recalls to immortality. So you're, you've got, she's leaving the, the, the line-based structure fairly intact in this poem, as far as I can tell. 
But that rhyme scheme really takes you on a journey. There's so much surprise in it, right? Because just as you're expecting to get certain lines, or you might even be anticipating certain words for the rhyme, you know, she she pulls that out from under you. And that's part of what makes a, an Emily Dickinson poem fun. She has this mastery, um, this innate sense of what the forms can do, but then it's never quite exactly what you think it's going to be. And so that's why you can linger with them so long. You can spend so much time with them. It's what makes them um, worth memorizing and also at times challenging to memorize. But of course, you know, then she offers these images that are, uh, as she might have said, telling it slant, right? There's something called slant rhyme, but she's, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of um, burying themes and images in a way that you really have to spend time with or look closely at before they begin to emerge. And even her vocabulary kind of, it, in some ways it does feel like Emily Dickinson is kind of, kind of trying to, to trick us, you know? I think I think that's what a lot of students come away thinking, but I don't, I don't think that's what she's after. I mean, you get this image in the third, in the second stance, or rather, it goes like this. Autumn begins to be inferred by millinery of the cloud or deeper color in the shawl that wraps the everlasting hill. So because you've been conditioned by the rhyming in the first line to expect certain things, you probably, it, it, it kind of changes the way you read it and it kind of buries the imagery. But it's just, you know, it's saying that autumn begins to be inferred by um, by the shape, the colors of the clouds, and then the deeper color, the, the shawl that wraps the everlasting hill. So there's this shawl, the, the leaves, the trees, the things that cover the hills are like a shawl. And there's a deeper color in them now. And so she's just describing something sort of, I don't want to say obvious, but universal, right? Because of the way she does it, it creates new surprises. And then it asks us to think of what those images mean. You know, what does the image of, of um, trees being a shawl leaves being a shawl mean. You know, then she comes back to that later. She says, some dyer of the distant tree resumes his gaudy industry. Of course, conclusion is the course of all. So eventually those leaves are going to fall down. You know, at most to be perennial. But then those perennial things elude stability recalls to immortality. Now, I don't want to say too much about those lines because I think that those are the lines that are worth thinking about, especially in this poem. So I don't want to say what I think those mean because I think, you know, if you spend some time with them, they're really worth thinking about. Um, what's the point of the, you know, I've never really <laughs> attempted to do that too much on this podcast. I don't totally see the point. So I, I hope you'll spend some time thinking about those, those lines um, because they're, they're really fascinating. Um, and before you do that, I'll read this, this poem one more time for you. So Summer Begins to Have the Look by Dickinson. Summer begins to have the look, peruser of enchanting book reluctantly, but sure perceives again upon the backward leaves. Autumn begins to be inferred by millinery of the cloud or a deeper color in the shawl that wraps the everlasting hill. The eye begins its avarice, a meditation chastens speech. Some dyer of a distant tree resumes his gaudy industry. Conclusion is the course of all, at most to be perennial, and then eludes stability, recalls to immortality.
This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.